listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 But again, Lamar couldn't hold on to the football. And they, you know, they've talked about it here on Straight Out of Vegas for years. Steve Fezzik, RJ, Brad Powers, even then. Turnovers are the biggest issue when it comes to NFL games, when it comes to determining the winner. And when you're a team like Baltimore and you're that banged up, just to see Lamar Jackson, who we talked about, he was going to get a lot of opportunities to run the football. But RJ, to see him turn the ball over that many times, you just wonder if this is going to be a prelude into the future. Well, I think you're right that we should should celebrate our win on his over rushing yards and (laughs) let's keep our priorities straight here but I can't help but hearken back and I'm going to do this gingerly because Lamar Jackson for some reason and I think I understand vaguely why it's a very combustible issue in the media with fans it seems to be a proxy for like my you know black quarterbacks and the way that they were not given a fair shot in the past and i think it's fair to say that they weren't given a fair shot that the assumption was you know you think about when a quarterback gets a second or third chance you think of a sam darnold and how he's getting after 3 years that you could say were the worst performing quarterback of that time was sam darnold and objectively i think he was the idea that he gets another chance, he gets a fifth-year option picked up, is like, now, back in the 80s, would a black quarterback that had failed that much get that another chance? No, I don't think so. Because the mentality was maybe that wasn't their position or whatever the rationale was back then. I think that we've come a long way since then. In, that, in the NFL in general, I don't think anyone, even back in the day, or most of them weren't saying, I know we'd be better off with this quarterback, but he's black, I don't want him, right? I think mostly it was they had these preconceived notions in their head, the decision makers, and then when they saw the quarterback underperform, they were like, yep, that's what I thought. And that was the hindrance or the prejudice, however you want to say it. I think that that's no longer the case as much, if, if at all, but maybe it is in some ways. I, don't, I think it's nuanced more at this point. But what I'll say for sure is if you are critical of Lamar Jackson, you get a lot of people coming back at you. And let me ask you, Jonas, I mean, you, again, have your finger on the pulse of the media. Is why do you first of all, do you see that? And, and why would that be? Well, I think the pushback on Lamar Jackson is people are hesitant to call him a great quarterback because we still are caught up in the idea that a quarterback is a stand in the pocket guy that's going to be able to deliver the ball downfield and move the football. I just think that thinking has completely changed. I think the position has changed. He's not the most polished passer in the world. There are still things that he needs to tighten up that was evident last night. But if you just watch him make some of the plays that he made, I don't know where they're at without him. Like I don't, uh, especially okay. with that offensive line. But let me, and I think we probably disagree on this one pretty strongly. So I think it's worth getting into. So let me ask you this: Which quarterback would be an example? of a quarterback that doesn't throw well, like, you know, let's say very well, that's a successful long-term quarterback in the NFL? Um, God, I don't know. I mean, I would have to actually sit and think about that for a while. Um, I, would, I would make the case that Lamar Jackson might be as successful so far as anyone ever has been without having elite passing. And I'm not sure if Michael Vick, I don't know where you put him, in the mix, was he really a great pass or a good pass or not? I think at times he was, you know, I don't know, right? He's on that borderline. 
I'm not sure who else is even on the list. AJ, let's let's just dig into this one point. Who's on the list of saying this guy was not a really good passer, but he was a really good quarterback? Maybe that's the way to frame it. He wasn't a really good passer, but he was a really good quarterback. I mean, I, I, Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick are the first two that, that come to mind. Uh, I have a hard time even – I mean, it's it's very difficult to be a great quarterback if you, if that's not an option for you, if being a great downfield passer isn't even in the – Yeah, the, and maybe you know, great a, a threat. to be too high of a bar. Let's say good – a really good passer that, was a, that wasn't a really good passer that was a really good quarterback. So my point would be maybe the game's changing where I believe – and Colin right here in FSR talks about this a lot – is your ability to do something other than pass from the pocket – is important as you're evolving in year one, two, and three. It's almost like you're, you're training wheels. And then the theory is you hit year four and five, you become a better passer to the point you don't need to run because it's kind of hard to run for a career. It's not sustainable. That's what they always say. So my question to you, Jonas, is if Lamar has just more training wheels because he might be the best runner we've ever seen at quarterback, I think that's fair to say, is his passing, though, is going backwards. If you just look at QBR, his MVP season, his passing for passing, not overall QBR, but there's a passing element, was so much better than it was last year. And, AJ, we had that disagreement, and we looked at the numbers. So if Lamar's going backwards as a passer, and maybe he can reverse that, where does this end? Meaning if he's just a runner, he would be the one quarterback ever that could be elite as a quarterback that wasn't a good passer. And maybe he will be, but boy, that's a tough bet to make, right? He'll be the first to do it. Well, I think he's going to probably have a short-lived career if that's the case. Because if you've got to continue to run him, he's not. he doesn't even have the body type of a Cam Newton to where you can run Cam, and even Cam's body is broken yep. down. So you just wonder if that'll happen with Lamar Jackson. He's actually been really healthy throughout the course of his career, but we all know it takes one hit the wrong way, trying to make a play, scramble, that, that next thing you know, your career trajectory completely changes. I, I, I still think... That there's some, and there's been a lot of people that have talked about this. That there's been some hope that he can develop into a passer. I just I wonder if if he's got the opportunities to really do that in that offense, or do they look at it and go, he's so good at this, we don't want to lose out on that by trying to teach him how to do this this late in his career. So it's kind of a yeah. weird spot to be in. So I think there's a couple of things. One. Let's look at the quarterbacks in the recent past that have been running quarterbacks. I think Cam is a great example. Cam was, what, 32 last year? I mean, he's in that 32, 33 range now. He, he's, in hindsight, it looks like he was done the year before that, that when he got hurt mid-year in 19, he's never been the same. So he would have been like 31, and he was, you know, if assuming he doesn't have a renaissance, and he could, if he doesn't, Physically, he was done at 31 as an elite or even a good quarterback. Now, who else do we got? RG3. He was he won the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, over over <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Luck, the sainted one. And he had an amazing year. Remember that? It was I think uh, Cousin Kyle was on that staff there, McKenzie. Is, That's right. That's right. What was it, 27 touchdowns, three interceptions or something? That's right. It was crazy. It was an amazing year. And literally, he got hurt. Uh, you know, disputes on should he have played in the playoffs, different things. And then he was never the same. And it's like, it doesn't seem, it seems like as the NFL tries to legislate out the hits, they can't legislate out a running quarterback. He's now a running back, effectively. And 
you know what? Running backs don't really last either, even though they're so much physically bigger and stronger than quarterbacks typically. I just don't know because I don't. What you're saying though, Jonas, is if Lamar's able to somehow become a good passer. And my question is, who in the history of the NFL has ever gone from being a below-average passer to an above-average passer? Josh Allen. Well, yeah. But was he below average or was he uh, average? Well, I mean, his accuracy was well below average. I, but he had some physical, like his arm talent is just a, a, a physical strength that isn't teachable. Yeah, and I don't know because I hear the Josh Allen, and let's be candid, I'm probably at the, not the head, but I'm in the top section of the Josh Allen probably regresses this year and let's be candid last week was not great for the side of him being like you know let's just say this if last year was the first game or last week the first week was the first game of his third year so he had his first and second year that were bad and they're like this is a must break make or break year here we go if he had had that game what would he be saying right now the same thing we're saying about Daniel Jones right which is he's probably not going to make it so the fact that he stuck in a good, a really good year in between gives us hope, but I don't know. And it seemed like on, in week one, I mean, you were the one who thought the Bills should have won the game, but in week one, it seemed like accuracy was the issue, wasn't it, against Pittsburgh? It was. Uh, Joe, what do you think of that? I mean, where's your head at on Josh Allen? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't think last week is the uh, best endorsement of Josh Allen as uh, <laughs> being, uh, you know, the next great quarterback in the NFL. I, I still do think he's a very good quarterback. He's definitely progressed. The numbers would even prove so uh, oh, throughout the course of yeah. his career. He's gotten better and better. But, you know, you just wonder, what was was that just an aberration in week one or, or what happens now? I also, you know, Steve Young is a guy who I've thought about. And I, th- mm. I know Steve Young was really, you know, passionate about, you know, let Lamar learn how to throw. He can do it. He can do all this. And I just wonder if Steve Young looks at a guy like Lamar Jackson and says, I didn't have a whole lot to work with. I was trying to scramble for my life, and I developed into a, a better quarterback when I got into either a different system or just later on in my career. And maybe he sees Lamar Jackson as a guy who can develop late, although it would be, if not the only one, on on the short list of guys who's ever gotten better and better as their career has gone on as they started out as yeah as a passer be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app so here's the question if passing is what we need lamar or what the ravens need for him to get better at then the trend line is important so starting with Jonas, how would you characterize the trend line on Lamar's passing ability from year two to what you saw last night? I, I think he's gotten slightly better, but it's still not where I think the Ravens probably want him at. AJ? I, I think that he's improving as a passer, but that first year where he where he was a very good passer is probably an anomaly. Yeah, twenty nineteen. It was yeah. probably an anomaly. And twenty twenty and then into twenty twenty one, that that's probably what you're gonna get. I think the biggest key is will he improve off of last year? And I mean based on, on last night, he went from he was the the twentieth ranked QBR passer in, in twenty twenty. He was eighteenth of the quarterbacks this week. Hold on now, let's get something straight though. Are we talking about the total QBR or just passing? just passer. Okay. Just passing. Now, that's interesting. So what was his QBR, his final overall total ranking last year? Pulling that up now. Right, because what you were going to see is... He was, was seventh. Yeah. So that's what's fascinating. People, QBR is the only stat... Well, let's just say passer rating, which is the other stat people... You know, an older stat people look at. Is passer rating doesn't account for running at all. 
what, what total QBR does is say, hey, a quarterback can run, they can pass, we're going to count for both. And Lamar does really well in that stat. And you know what? You could make the case, well, RJ, it's trying to represent performance. Does it matter if he runs or passes as long as he's performing? And my point would be there's two times that it matters. One is if he has to throw pretty much, which is when you're behind. And it's hard. You look at Patrick Mahomes when he won a Super Bowl, they were behind by double digits in every one of the games. So that's that's very unusual. But it's hard to imagine a, a, a run where you're not going to have at least one game in the playoffs that you're behind. It's just it's tough to find that, especially now there's only one bye. So a lot, most teams are going four games if they win the Super Bowl. So that is a big issue. And then the second issue is, does a 31-year-old Lamar Jackson, is he able to run near this much? And if he's not, when does the passing improvement start? Because if you just say statistically between season two and three, there was a 10-point drop-off QBR, which is humongous, in his passing. Now, what AJ has done very in a very tricky way, has said, well, let's call that an anomaly, and then let's look at from last year. Well, my point would be last year, if he was 18th or 20th as a pass or whatever one it was, is, is that good enough? If the job of a quarterback is to pass, does the guy who's between 18th and 20th get paid as much as anyone but Mahomes, which is what Jonas, you think his number is going to come in at? Yeah, I think he's going to be the one of the next quarterbacks that gets the massive payday. Yeah, yeah so most likely that every you know Mahomes might be at that 45. Uh, you know, he'll get about as much as Dak or about as much as uh, Josh Allen is what you're figuring. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in the top three. And to say, okay, this guy's going to be in the top three, but he's the between the 18th and 20th best passer, that would be a reimagination of what the quarterback can do or should do. And you know what? If he is one of one, he could run so well that it's worth it. Or if he becomes a great pass or good passer, he would be worth it because he would still have his running, right? He just wouldn't have to lean on it as much. The question is, Aren't each of those things a long shot? To be the first person ever to run that well late in his career or to go from being not a good passer to a good passer? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. RJ, we did have uh, some news out of the world of college football yesterday with the firing of Clay Helton at USC and our college football expert. I know AJ Hoffman has some things to get off his chest when it comes to the last weekend in college football. Yeah, and uh, AJ is a true expert in the colleges, and it's really tough to do both. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of experts try to do both, and I think both suffer, to be honest with you. And you can do one, but you know, or do both, but you have to understand one subordinate right one is less important and it takes a special breed to be looking at the Sun Belt and the and all the Idaho how's their offense and AJ is that person so what we want to do AJ Hoffman pregame.com is what are the main if someone's a casual fan of college football 
Every week we're going to say what they missed and what they should be paying attention to. Let's start there. Well, I mean, what you missed, if I mean, if you if you didn't have a TV this weekend, was Oregon beats Ohio State 35 Okay, we said enough about that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so here's the here's what that does. It's kind of a ripple effect. What it does is it gives the Pac-12 a serious contender for a national championship conversation because, let's face it, Oregon beat Ohio State. And at Ohio State, they're not going to play a tougher game this season unless they get to the playoffs. So they're open now, and they're going to have a high-quality win. And if they can go unbeaten in the Pac-12, they are going to be a college football playoff team. Well, here's, this- the, question. here's the question. If they lose one game but still win, is there still a Pac-12 championship game, right? Yes. Okay. If they, if they lose one game, well, there be one. There couldn't be a team with one loss that has a better win than that. So, wouldn't they be? Aren't they pretty much in even if they have one loss? Uh, more than likely, the, the, the one example of a team that could get in with one loss that would have a better win, like because Georgia has a win over Clemson. If Georgia was to lose a game to Alabama, they would be a one-loss team with a with a, another high-caliber win and a better overall schedule. Whoa, but that whoa, gets whoa, me to whoa. Clemson. Oh, you're talking about Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Okay. But so you're but that Georgia, gets me to how this yeah. has effect on everybody. Like Clemson hates that Ohio State just lost because now Ohio State becomes a potential one-loss team with a lot better overall resume than Clemson has. Mm. So so that that's and and Georgia by by hand if Georgia were to lose a game to Alabama, Georgia who already has a win in hand over Clemson. So now this puts Oregon, Georgia, Ohio State all ahead in line of Clemson, who now their one loss is looking just disastrous for their playoff hopes. Okay, so let's think about this logically. What you're saying is Ohio State was going to win or or Oregon was going to win. One of them is going to win. So if Ohio State wins, it keeps it to be, hey, no one in the Pac-12 has a chance, and the Big Ten has one chance, which is Ohio State winning out. But, hey, if they win out, they were going to get it over them anyway. But now yes. you're saying it muddies the waters in a way that Oregon's in the mix and Ohio State isn't totally eliminated. And so effectively it adds one more team to the mix that they got to hope has a, you know, a, an, an additional bad loss, and that would be Oregon, right? Because Ohio State would have been in the mix anyway. Yes, or I mean, Clemson could also hope that Ohio State loses another game, which isn't impossible. It's it's if you look oh, at their no. schedule, it, it seems unlikely. But it was it, you would, they were fourteen and a half point favorites against Oregon, and they lost. So, right, so unlikely quick, things yeah, happen. Real quick, USC firing the coach after one game. What's going on? You got thirty seconds. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, he's been on the hot seat for some time. Expectations are just higher there, and they should be. You should be winning at a higher clip there. And I I bet there's a guy right now who's kicking himself. Uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, saying he wishes he would have waited six more months to take a job. Urban Meyer would be a perfect fit in USC right now. You think he'd rather be at USC than the Jags? I do. All right, well, Trevor Lawrence is the next coming, Jonas. I don't understand that, but we'll be back tomorrow. (laughs)